and welcome to one in a series of Linklater's podcasts discussing IBOR reform and the transition to risk-free rates in the loan markets. In this podcast, we will discuss recent developments in the Asia loan markets. My name is Chris Bradley, a partner in Linklater's international banking practice based in Singapore. And I'm very pleased today to be joined by uh, Natalie Hobbs. Uh, Natalie is our Asia managing partner and also one of the senior partners in our Hong Kong banking team. Hi, Natalie. Thanks, Chris. Chris very kindly gave my title, but didn't say that he's the managing partner of our Singapore office. It's great to join everyone here today. We'd like to start off talking about the regulatory framework. It's worth reminding people that the current of the current thinking about timeframes for transition from LIBOR to RFRs in Asia. For Hong Kong dollars, there's no current intention to switch off HIBOR and it'll coexist with the Hong Kong dollar RFR Honia. But the HKMA, the, the Hong Kong Monetary Authority, has required that from the 1st of January this year, authorised institutions be prepared to offer products which reference RFRs. And following the announcements on the 5th of March by the FCA, regarding the future cessation and loss of representativeness of the 35 LIBOR benchmark settings, and in particular, the date of 30th of June 2023, switching off one, three and six month US dollar LIBOR settings, the HKMA timeframe was aligned to the revised timeline envisaged for the US and requires that new US dollar LIBOR loans should cease being entered into by the end of 2021. Although the HKMA's latest survey indicates that the vast majority of AIs have substantially achieved the 1st of January milestone, the longer time frame for switching off some of the US dollar LIBOR tenors has impacted speed of rollout of RFR-based loans. And so far in Q1 in Asia, we've only seen a limited number of new loans which either use switch mechanics, i.e. those that start with LIBOR and move to RFR, during the course of the tenor of the loan, or go straight day one to SOFRA or another RFR. Chris, what's the position on timeframes in Singapore? Thanks, Natalie. So yes, the clock is very much ticking now uh, here in Singapore as well. Both um, SOAR and CYBOR are now set to be discontinued. So because it's linked to US dollar LIBOR, SOAR will cease at the end of June 2023. Six-month CYBOR will cease publication in March 2022, and then the remaining tenors around the end of 2024. So as of today, all new loans should be SOAR-based rather than SOAR. And by the end of September this year, banks should cease using CYBOR in new contracts. And then whilst banks are wrestling with using SORA instead of SOAR and CYBOR in new contracts, they're also expected to be pushing hard to transition their existing loan book from IBOR-based rates to RFRs. But I think one of the challenges to that transition is there still seems to be a variety of conventions being contemplated and not really a clear market consensus on what the terms of an RFR deal should look like. So one of the advantages we have in Singapore is the compendium produced by the Singapore Steering Committee for Transition to SORA. That has a lot of useful guidance on terms and proposed drafting, but it doesn't necessarily have all the answers. Natalie, I don't know whether you'd agree with that. Absolutely. We've been working with banks over the last few months, 
and have seen in draft bank template documentation for bilaterals quite a variety of approaches to the RFR conventions to be used, indicating very clearly that the market as a whole is keeping its options open. Most of the documentation we've seen seems to reference both simple SOFRA and non-cumulative compounded SOFRA for US dollars. And both of these, of course, are options in the APLMA discussion drafts. But we've also, in a number of cases, seen uh, cumulative compounded SOFRA and average SOFRA, uh, which is where a SOFRA rate for the next period is based on the average SOFRA for the equivalent period just elapsed. And a number of banks and corporates are very keen to see if term SOFRA, the forward-looking rate based on SOFRA derivatives, will be available soon. However, the latest indication from the US ARC seems to be that there's not yet sufficient liquidity in the software derivatives market, and it's not clear yet which use cases will be, uh, will be available for term software. In addition to these questions around the conventions, the question of observation shift or not, length of look-back period, and treatment of credit adjustment spread all seem to be still largely unresolved in Asia. I'd agree with that, Natalie. And, and by way of example, the credit adjustment spread uh, that you mentioned is a particular issue here in Singapore. My sense is that, to be honest, for other currencies, parties are tending to use the five-year median rates that have now been fixed and published by Bloomberg. And in large part, I'd guess that's because they offer simplicity and certainty. But there's no equivalent for those five-year median rates published by Bloomberg in Singapore dollars. And so banks and borrowers are all grappling with how to fix and calculate that element of the pricing on an RFR deal. And aside from the credit adjustment spread, as you say, there's a large number of things that remain uh, very much up in the air. Zero floors, fallbacks to cost of funds, market disruption and break costs, to name a few. And that, I think, is what drove the APLMA's note that was published last week which outlines helpfully that open issues relating to the adoption of risk-free rates on syndicated deals in this part of the world. There is though, I think, an uptick in deals using RFRs, whether that's day one or uh, using them or using switch provisions. And we're also seeing banks starting to adopt either wholesale or in large part, the drafting that the LMA and the APLMA uh, have published and as I mentioned earlier, the Singapore compendium. So things are starting to develop, and I think the speed and pace of that development will pick up rapidly. Hopefully that will lead to more club deals, and then a number of syndicated deals for marquee borrowers starting to emerge, and those again will help drive consensus in the Asia region. The, the other thing I'd mention is that Asia is now, of course, a large market for private equity transactions. And that will also, I think, help to drive consistency, as not only are private equity borrowers tend to fight very hard to protect their position in documents, they're also, of course, rigorous in driving consistency from one deal to the next. So that may not lead to a uniform outcome across all market segments, but it will nonetheless drive that consistency, and that will be helpful for banks, although it will leave challenges around operational and monitoring aspects of deals if different transactions or different market segments develop their own standard terms. Finally, turning to transition, 
Natalie, what's your sense of how banks are getting on with the challenge of transitioning their existing loan books from IBOR-based rates to RFRs? I feel, Chris, that there's been generally good progress on preparation for transition. On the 10th of May, the APLMA published a guidance note uh, called Transitioning Legacy Contracts, which addresses the subject of amending legacy contracts and what lenders and borrowers should be doing now to ensure a smooth transition away from eyeball. It also highlights some approaches that banks may wish to consider in documenting a future transition. So we're seeing many banks actively prepare. They're auditing their portfolio and preparing template amendment documentation. However, I think it's fair to say that the speed of transition has slowed somewhat with the longer time frame now envisaged for US dollar LIBOR cessation. In summary, I think we can both agree that there's going to be a lot of activity in Q3 and Q4 in Asia as participants prepare to do new loan issuance from the 1st of January next year using RFRs in order to meet regulatory guidelines both here in Asia and in the US. By way of reminder, this is one of a series of podcasts on the topic of eyeball reform more generally and the transition to risk-free rates in the loan markets. If you have any questions on this ever-developing topic, please do contact either myself or Chris or your usual Linklater's contact. Thank you for listening. Thank you.